Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Tyler Jones. And the Hawks, on the wee morning of Friday the 13th, made a trade with the Brooklyn Nets. They traded a top 55 protected 2020 second round pick that they have from Portland and the rights to Isaiah Cordinier for Jeremy Lin, the right to swap second round picks in 2023, and Brooklyn's second round pick in 2025. Uh, what do you think of the trade? Well, it's not the best. Um, you know, the Hawks are in the rebuilding phase, and if you follow... The ideal real rebuild is what the Philadelphia 76ers did uh, by using their cap space for first-round draft picks. Uh, I would much rather the Hawks have traded for got, got the package that Brooklyn got because they they could have, you know, they could have done they could have done that trade, but instead they chose to uh, take on Jeremy Lin's, you know, at, at this moment bad salary due to injury concerns, but. On the other side, uh, this probably means that there's another trade that's going to happen uh, to follow it. Uh, it doesn't make sense for Dennis Schroeder on this roster anymore if they're going to keep Jeremy Lin. And based on based on this trade, which suggests that they Hawks view Jeremy Lin as a neutral asset, uh, they're probably going to unload Je- Dennis Schroeder uh, to to somebody. So. You know, we got to see how that trade looks and then evaluate uh, the Dennis Schroeder upcoming trade with the Jeremy Lin one. But at face value, it's not great. But it's only not great just because Jeremy Lin has been injured the last two seasons. When he's been healthy, uh, to me, he's been uh, good. Uh, Brooklyn's played some uh, good basketball. Like, they've played 500 basketball with Jeremy Lin healthy. And he wasn't... In Charlotte, he was a key piece for them during their uh, playoff years, and they really haven't replaced him since he left two years ago. So if Jeremy Lin can get healthy, uh, he's a good basketball player, that maybe he can get good enough that he'll have a trade market. But considering how the trade deadline went last season, I don't see that happening. But, you know, it it can happen with him. Um, At the moment, though, it's not great. It's... Uh, I don't. I don't know if you agree with this, but to me, it feels like, like the Hawks may or uh, Schlenk may be trying to appease Tony Wrestler with this trade. Jeremy Lin does have um, market value that goes beyond that that goes beyond his on-court production. So there might be something to that to that where you know Schlenk probably couldn't sell you know, wrestler on, on taking on bad sal- more bad salary just for a first-round draft pick. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Um, this this seems like a one-part of a two-part play, so we just got to see how the second act goes. So what do you think is the likelihood on a, on a scale from 0% to 100%? How likely is it that, that Dennis Schroeder's back for the opening night in late October? Uh, what what's less than zero? <laughs> it's that low, right? Because I mean, it was it was like ten percent before this trade happened. But put it this way: the Hawks just took on 
$12 million for a poor asset and got nothing in return. Uh, And they did it because they they see themselves needing a backup point guard. And wait, backup? He's not the starter? uh, Or what? Over Trey Young? Of course. Yeah. No, you're not. Trey Trey Young uh, is the starter, right? Day one or like in January? Yeah, without question. He's Trey Young is starting day one. They didn't. Oh wow. We I feel like we've had this conversation before. We had it previously, but Trey Young is starting. Trey Young's the face of the franchise. They're they're gonna throw the keys to him. Uh, and Jeremy Lin's pre Jeremy Lin's fine with coming off the bench and being a mentor, where Dennis Schroeder is not. So, but no, Jeremy Lin is not starting. Uh, if Trey Young is on the team. So, okay, so if if Trey Young uh, starts. I'm, uh, we're, maybe we're getting too far mm-hmm. afield, but I'm curious. If Trey Young starts until the calendar year changes and we go from 2018 to 2019, so end of October, November, and December, in that stretch of the season, how many minutes a game do you think he plays? Uh, who? Oh, he'll probably. I mean, they'll probably split the minutes evenly between Young and Lynn, okay. uh, depending on Lynn's health. Okay. Could totally see Lynn closing the majority of games, but Trey Young is going to start. Uh, all the Hawks' moves have, have been, you know, they, they're going to try to push uh, Trey Young to be Rookie of the Year, stuff like that, just for PR purposes. Because that's what the Hawks need to do. They haven't, they haven't done stuff like like I'm saying right now for over a decade. So you want him uh, to be Michael Carter Williams? Is what you're saying? Uh, not Michael Carter Williams, <laughs> but you know that was Philly. They went through the process. They manufactured a rookie of the year with a, you know, a, I think he was what the number six pick, number five, right around the same as Trey Young. Did the did the Jazz uh, follow that that uh that you know that blueprint when they started and basically gave the offense to Donovan Mitchell <laughs> uh, day one? Because the Hawks need, I mean, the Hawks need no. what Trey Young can provide. Sure. Uh, I mean, he just, and, you know, I wouldn't compare it to Michael Carter-Williams. They're they're totally different basketball players, and they have totally different expectation values. Exactly. But when you're drafting that high, you're not drafting a backup at any point of their career. So they're going to start him, and he's probably going to struggle. But he's going to have good games, too. Uh, So, you know, it's just, there's more value in developing Trey Young as a basketball player, starting him. Uh, I felt two years ago when they traded for Torian Prince, he should have started day one because that's that's what you do when you draft when you when you draft lottery talents. To me, I don't see the value of them coming off the bench unless you know they're bench quality play. Like if you don't see ever see them as a starter, um, it, it was it was worse with Torian because Torian should have started day one just so that he could develop on a curve to where he'd be ready to make uh, even greater contributions than what he did in the playoffs uh, of that year. But, you know, to me, you know, you start Trey Young, uh, you know, pump him up. He's going to have big nights. He's going to struggle. That's why you have Jeremy Lin now. Uh, You know, you can, you can justify not having Trey Young finish games or, pulling Trey Young early if you have a quality basketball player like uh, Jeremy Lennon 
to me, Jeremy Lane's really good when he's healthy. So depends on his health, but you know, it's it's an interesting mix with with those two. Uh, you know, they they like I said, they kind of had similar career arcs uh, in terms of their hype and then their backlash. So right. Uh, Jeremy Lin could probably mentor Trey Young in more ways than one, and they also play a, They also have similar weaknesses to their game. Uh, so, yeah. it, you know, Jeremy Lin's fun to watch, and it's a, you know, it's a cool trade. But Jim, like they, they didn't trade Jeremy Lin for him to be starting. Uh, okay, I mean, if they're playing roughly the same number of minutes to start out the season, then that that's yeah, that's it's fair. not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Okay, that that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm like Trey Young's going to start, even if he's a starter in in name only. But okay, it, we'll see who finishes game. Finishing game is more important than who whoever starts. But okay, to market a rookie of the year, right? You, you kind of need him to start games. So I have another question. So you're Travis Schlank, and like you said, you think there's a less than zero percent chance that he's back. Uh, who do you get on the phone? Who, who do you try to sell? What team do you try to say, hey, uh, we've got Dennis Schroeder. I think he'd be a good fit with your team. Uh, the Orlando Magic, because they, I, I, I don't I don't know how they expect to put on a professional NBA team without somebody who can dribble on their, <laughs> on their basketball team. So, uh, I mean, they, they don't have a single, they, I'm not sure they have a single ball handler who can get by anybody on that team. And so they need a point guard because Isaiah Thomas, they couldn't get him to sign with them for some reason. So them, you know, the Suns, if they're trying to uh, win some games, Dennis Schroeder can is a massive upgrade over the poo-poo platter that they have at point guard at the moment, which okay. is nobody. Right. So the Suns could use him. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Uh, it depends. Maybe they they do a a a bad asset for bad asset trade with another team that I don't that I don't see coming. Um, you know, we'll see. Do you think uh, Sam but, Presti would take him if you know, if he could be part of a Carmelo Anthony swap? I mean, they 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 added Oladipo I, a few years ago, and they didn't see, you know they didn't Westbrook didn't deter them at that point. They they added Oladipo. Yeah, but you know, Oladipo plays a different position, and you know, you could theoretically Oladipo and Russell Westbrook works. A Dennis Schroeder for Carmelo Anthony trade only happens if you know the Thunder are okay with Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. That's a lot of money and a lot of years for a bench guy, bench role, a pure just a pure backup. Right. But at the same time, they needed. They they do need it's they do need what Dennis Schroeder can't provide for them just to lessen Russell Westbrook's workload. Right. Uh and maybe they can sell with their culture, you know, Dennis Schroeder being six man of the year. But I don't want to speculate too much on that because you know, you you can make that make sense that hey, uh the Hawks trade for Jeremy Lynn so that uh Travis uh, or Tony Wrestler could be okay with paying Carmelo Anthony twenty three million dollars in a buyout which is a lot of money right well you just sell them um, on the fact that i mean and, if you if you trade a contract in taking on anthony then that changes it a lot you're not really adding 
Carmelo's full salary, especially if you look at the years. Well, well, it, that's one way to look. But at the same time, you know, Dennis Schroeder before this trade was going to play on this team, and that that is value to an organization. Whereas you trade for Carmelo Anthony, that's twenty eight million, like that's twenty three or twenty four million dollars that he has to pay up front. Right, you know that's a lot of. I mean, that's that's a ton of money. So, you know that's uh, and you it makes sense in that you know the Thunder really don't have that many assets to give up. Right, but you know at the moment that you know that that you know I you know that that type of trade does make sense. It might not be for Camilla. It might be for another distressed asset on a one-year deal or on a, a a lesser contract that the Hawks are going to buy out some of what they did with Jamal Crawford the year before. Right. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, it just, you know, we're kind of in a wait-and-see approach because on the on face value and in a vacuum, this trade, it, it doesn't make much sense outside of off-the-court, you know, uh, brand recognition with Jeremy Lin, uh, you know, it, it, it as a as a basketball trade, it just because the, I mean, Jeremy Lin is kind of a distressed asset himself, being the fact that he's he's been hurt. He hasn't played. He basically hasn't played for two years. Uh, he's been he's only played around forty five or fifty games. So, you know, it's not a it's not a great trade on face value. Um, unless the Hawks are trying to dump Dennis Schroeder for a better contract or, you know, dump him for something else. So, you know, the, this hy- the hypothetical uh, Dennis Schroeder to the Thunder, con- you, can, you can make it make sense, but at the moment, you know, I haven't seen any rumors for it. So, I, I, you know, I, I, w- I would just, like, if, I, if you're listening to this, I would just put that as pure speculation on our part trying to make we're we're just trying to make sense of this Jeremy Lin trade, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And if the Thunder would really have to like Schroeder just because it would cost them with the luxury tax more than just paying exactly. him his salary. So that that would be kind of painful. So they probably don't like him that much. I just thought it was interesting as a way for them to get talent because I can't see them actually making any kind of noise in the West with their current talent level. I just don't think they have enough. They're outmanned. By a lot, and and you know Dennis Schroeder would be a be a talent upgrade, and be. they don't have cap space. You know, yep. There, there's ways to make sense of this trade, but you know, you could say that you, you know the Hawks could include Ken Bazemore instead, and that probably makes more sense for the Thunder. Yeah, it just at the same time, for the Hawks. It, it then becomes a question <laughs> of why the Hawks would do that, right? So, so it's. It's it's one of those situations where you know, you know, we oh, yeah. we just have to wait and see on what the Hawks are ultimately going to do. Okay. So, are you intrigued at all by the fact that maybe this gives you a little bit of a sense of of a timeline? Just in, the, I mean, it seems like the primary asset that they're actually getting here is the right to swap picks in twenty twenty three. I mean, twenty twenty five is so far off. So you look at 2023, I mean, there's a little bit of a gamble there that, hey, we'll be better than the Nets in 2023. That kind of gives you a timeline of when they expect to be better. 
I don't know about that. I, <laughs> 2023 is so long away that, sure. you know, swapping second round picks is such an irrelevant. Like, they, they to me, the Hawks just, just traded Jeremy Lane in the cap space. 20, a 2023 second round pick is a nothing trade, right? Where they just swapped. I mean, they, they, they didn't they they didn't swap an asset. They just swapped they swapped nothing in order to get this trade to go through. Why they did it, I, I don't really know. May, maybe they see themselves Hawks see themselves being good in twenty twenty three. Uh you would like to think so. Uh, but you know, there there is no there currently at the moment there is no timeline on the Hawks at the moment on this rebuild because if you look at their roster, it's it's Trey Young, it's uh, John Collins and it's Torian Prince as guys you can see as being starters on the next good Hawks basketball team. So, you know, there are a couple of seasons away until we can really identify a timeline with them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put much stock in, you know, 2023, the Hawks are swapping second rounders. If they're swapping first rounders, absolutely. Okay, right? it's true. Because then – then I mean, because then that's a real, that's a legitimate gamble. And like, okay, the Hawks see themselves being good in twenty twenty three, but you know, this this trade is just, it's just a we're we're taking on your bad salary so that you can get a good asset. Uh, Did it strike you as weird that they essentially sent not one but two non assets to Brooklyn? I mean, that that pick that they sent is a top fifty five protected pick in 2020 from Portland, who probably won't be a top five team. So that's either a, a terrible pick or a pick that doesn't convey. And then they sent Isaiah Cordinier, who's a young kid but who already sat out a year due to injury. I mean, do you, do you think they have any designs on Cordinier? Do you have any feeling about him leaving? Is that pretty much just, as Woj, as Woj said, uh, you probably won't see him. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's it's just so that Brooklyn Nets have a new uh, cap, you know, south a, a trade filler and non-asset assets. Coordinate, cord, yeah, 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 and you know the top twenty-five protect is the same. You know, like like and like I said, ultimately this trade sounds like neither team thought that Jeremy Lin was a positive or negative asset, but just a neutral asset. Because, uh, like, I hear you, but to me, these are, you know, the Hawks didn't trade anything for Jeremy Lin, and the Nets didn't receive anything for Jeremy Lin. So the only reason the Hawks, the only reason this trade happened was that the Nets need to get off some salary uh, to take on first-round draft picks. Uh, there, you know... It's not nothing that the Nets took on $23 million, but at the same time, they are in more dire straits than the Hawks are in terms of draft draft assets and, you know, just a general need for for pick compensation. Um, and, you know, the Nets probably like Jeremy Lin a lot um, as a mentor and as a basketball player for, to D'Angelo Russell, but, you know, the – the the pick that they got from the from the Nuggets is pretty good, so it's like like I've repeated, you know, it's it sucks that the Hawks didn't make that trade, right? But we'll see, um, we'll see. Like I like we've said, we'll see what the other how the other shoe dropped 
this all but means that Dennis Schroeder has to be gone because you can't like there's just no playing time. There's no playing time for Dennis Schroeder on this team anymore. So we, you know, and another another benefit is that if Jeremy Lin is healthy, you can actually absolutely play Trey Young and Jeremy Lin together just because of how big Jeremy Lin is. Okay. Uh, so that's so that's interesting. that's another plus, and you know, Jeremy Lin. I Jeremy think that Lin, matters I mean, a lot. He did it with Kimball Walker. Yeah, and you know that's probably you know another benefit. And this all comes like if Jeremy Lin turns out to be healthy, it's a great trade because he's a good basketball player, and he does provide back. Like he'll provide winning, he'll make winning plays um, on the floor and off it as a leader and as a mentor. Because you know his character is, is to me, to me his character is, is exemplary, just from all the crap he's put up with, and he still, you know, has a positive outlook on the NBA and is still a great teammate. Teammates love him um, by all accounts. Uh, so, you know, it's. He's a he's a great character guy and he's a great leader for on a rebuilding team where and you can potentially see the Hawks, you know, if he has a good season, the Hawks re upping his contract, probably not at the same same salary value, but right. you know, something to where uh you know he's there for the extended rebuild. Okay. Do you think I mean, the only I agree with everything. I just think that you you called him a neutral asset. I I guess he is a neutral asset. I just feel like he's you know a small positive if if he's healthy. But I don't know. The injury history is a little bit scary. I do think yeah, it's the, interesting. Injury. That, I mean. Oh God. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just going to say that it's interesting that say, Jeremy Lin probably isn't in the NBA if not for Golden State when Travis Schlenk was there, because that was sort of his first team. They, you know, they gave him a look coming out of Harvard, and you know he played with them for a season. Um, you know, maybe he would have caught on somewhere else. Maybe it would have taken a little bit longer or a couple more summer leagues. But I feel like Schlenk probably knows him from the inside, having had him uh, with the Warriors for a season. When he was there, yeah, probably. I mean, it helps, um, you know, to have familiarity. But you know, at the same time, Jeremy Lin's kind of a known product now, so it's not. Right. You know, it's it's not like you know he slanked slank worked for him as an executive or anything like that. So, you know, I, I imagine Slank just has more knowledge in the sense that he knows how great of a person you know and a teammate Jeremy Lin actually is. Right. Uh, but um, I don't know this. You know, like like I've said, this is an odd trade. We have to see what what they're going to do with Dennis Schroeder. If they can get off Dennis Schroeder's money and possibly get an asset for doing that, you know, this trade looks a lot better to me. And if Jeremy Lin can get healthy enough to have trade value by the deadline, it's an even better trade. But at you know at the moment, it just uh, you know, this trade, it's just weird because the Hawks aren't trying to win and they're taking on potentially dead salary because, you know, this potential Jeremy Lin gets himself hurt again during the season and is out. Uh, he's, you know, you, I'm, you can't call Jeremy Lin an injury-prone basketball player because, he's, you know, he hasn't played the last two seasons. So the Hawks are taking on a lot of risk for a – 
support um, losing their rights to get a first-round draft pick uh, from teams that don't want to pay the luxury tax. Uh, so we'll we'll see what the Hawks do for for the rest of this offseason. But it's like I can't I can't sit here and tell people that hey this is a good trade because it's not. Uh, you know the opportunity cost is really high that they lost on a, out on a first round draft pick uh, sure. just to take on Jeremy Lin's salary. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean that 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 one pick that Denver sent is is. Not quite all the way lottery protected, but pretty highly protected. So, yeah, that that probably would have been a better deal, but it'll be interesting to see how exactly this, this all shakes out. Anything else regarding this trade? I mean, if, if, if you're Schlenk, you know, what do you, what's the, the number one priority? What's the best thing you can do between now and September 1? Um, <laughs> trade Dennis Schroeder and get a first round pick back. So wow, to justify the trade. You think that first round pick? I, it, that can't happen, can it? I mean, with, it's with a, his contract. No, it's not going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. And I was just saying, I I I don't see a move that Travis Lynch can make to justify this trade as a basketball move. Okay, I, I, it just you know. It's too much risk for little, you know, for little potential gain. Because at most, the Hawks trade him at the deadline for a second-round draft pick. Great. Instead of getting a first-round draft pick, uh, that's probably going to be around the, what, 15 to 19 range, the Hawks got a second-round draft pick for January. And they may have to take on salary because that's how trades work now um, during the season. Right. They, uh... You know, at the moment, not like to not get a first round draft pick with the with the amount of cap space they have is not great. But we'll see what they do with Schroeder. Um, you know, maybe that Carmelo Anthony trade we've discussed happens, but I, I don't I don't see why the Thunder would do that uh, to me. But uh. You know, it's not, it's not the best, and it. I don't know. It 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 just doesn't make sense. Like this trade just doesn't make sense as a basketball move. All right, I I've fed you so many hypotheticals, but I'm curious about this one because, uh, I don't know. I I feel a little bit differently than you about likelihoods, but, what happens if if Lynn Trey Young, and Dennis Schroeder all start out preseason together like what if they call around the league and pretty much just get 29 no's do you what do you do with Schroeder I mean, why like, if he if he shows up and nobody will take him and he's in camp with you you just do you play him do you bench somebody what do you do if, if all three are healthy and they all show up for training camp and they're all there for the first preseason game I mean, then this trade is just a disaster. <laughs> okay. I don't. I but mean, you can't wave. You can't wave, Schroeder, just because of the years and money remaining, right? Yeah, but at that point, it's just such a sunk cost that they're better off just sending Schroeder home because you just okay. then then what? Somebody, I mean, why make the Jeremy Lin trade at all if 
if you're still going to have Dennis Schroeder on the roster. Sure. Then, you know, you, you just have a quagmire at the point guard position because Trey Young is starting. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, but Trey Young is starting day one. Um, okay. Just, that's fine. That, just, that's not even that's not even a question. Okay. He's the face of the franchise. It's not even. So if like, all three are there, even, can you, you put know, Jeremy Lin at two guard and make Dennis your backup point guard? Man, if all three are there, I that's <laughs> that in that world, like I don't even. I'm I'm pretty sure Dennis Schroeder is just going to be at home until okay. they find a trade for him. Uh, they're just going to Eric Bledsoe him because. You can't have three starter caliber point guards. There's just not enough minutes to go around. I I hear what you. I yeah. In in an ideal world, sure that Dennis Schroeder comes. Dennis Schroeder is not never coming off the bench in that line of hockey form. Uh, that's okay. that's just such a no go for him as a person. I don't see him accepting that role. So Jeremy Lin, uh, Jeremy Lin would be okay with it. Uh, he's done it before. He'll do it again. Uh, but you know, just the minutes won't be there for all three of them as basketball players. And, you know, at that point you, you, you then can't just be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to start Jeremy Lin at two, Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench and Trey Young is starting him. And it's just like, for, for what reason? Right. You know, that, that type of roster construction, even in rebuild makes no sense. Trey Young is the most value, value. He needs he needs as clear a runway as possible, and Dennis Schroeder is is a hurdle to the, his runway. So, I mean, if it happens, if it happens, this Jeremy Lin uh, trade goes from uh, being kind of bad to being terrible, uh, because then you gave up a first round draft pick to you gave up on the chance of acquiring a first round draft pick just to block Trey Young, um, Trey Young's development in his rookie season uh, for some reason. I don't know. I mean, the only reason I ask is just that it seems like, you know, if you look around and line up the other 29 teams, by the way, that's why 29 is part of our title. (laughs) I think most people get it, but occasionally I get the, oh, that's what the 29 is. But if you look at the other twenty nine teams, twenty nine for twenty nine other teams, yeah. <laughs> right? If 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 they ever have expansion, we're screwed. But you know, if you look at the other twenty nine teams, it just—I don't know—it doesn't seem like there are that many landing spots for Schroeder. Like there's teams that just can't take on any more money. There are teams that have point guards. They have all star point guards. They have recently drafted point guards. They you know they have their point guard of the future. And it's just—I don't know. There are maybe six, seven places, and at this time of the year, that with the contracts and the sort of the rigid financial situation that a lot of teams have, it's just it's difficult. And I I suspect that they can trade them, but I don't know. I just I hesitate to say never say never because it seems like he could be there for training camp and for preseason and for game one of the regular season. I. I'm just interested interested to see how it plays out if if it goes that route. But yeah, all right. So are we good? We'll have to we'll have to get together again yeah. soon and talk about uh, 
talk about Summer League, do a Summer League recap. But if, if you want to say anything about Summer League in, in a minute or two, have at it. Uh, wonder where the Trey Young is a is he still a bust for the no. blog boys out there? I just <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know if he's, he's still a bust. That's 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 all I that's all I want to know from you know. If, and if you can't tell, I'm being very sarcastic. Uh, sure. N- not really. Uh, you know, every every you know Trey Young and Amari Spellman both showed why they were drafted and and justified where they were drafted during summer league. They they both looked like NBA basketball players and they both looked up to their they both showed their potential and they also showed their flaws as basketball players. Outside of that, you know, Kaba showed enough to where maybe you can throw him a two way contract, but he's probably gonna spend his another season in Europe just for the benefit of the Hawks. Uh Antonius Cleveland and Jayla Morris both showed why the Hawks, you know, take took flyers out on them. You know, at the end of the day, nobody nobody had a bad summer league. Um, everybody, sh- you know, and that's really all I care about because if you're if you're good or if you show that you belong in summer league, then you probably belong in the NBA. But if you're bad, then then that's when it's time to worry. But nobody was really bad who who you project to be on the roster next season. That's fair. All right. So uh, we got another review in iTunes from B Cheek. One three, one three, one three, one three. I lost track of the one threes, but I think I got close enough. He said, "Enjoyed listening to the podcast. The chemistry between the hosts is good. Great and different analysis from each host. You each bring something unique to the podcast, and it works. You do need a better sign-off slash exit music." Got any good ideas for a sign-off today? Um, <laughs> sign-off, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. You know, give us similar reviews to what my man B Cheats one three one three one three one three. I don't know what the rest is. Uh, you know, any you know criticism is you know appreciated, but I, you know we prefer that's prefer a fair night. critique. We have Fall no idea how to sign off, but yeah. All right, Tyler. Uh, Thanks but, for uh, jumping on, on on short notice. Yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, I had no idea this trade was in the pipeline. It came in the middle of the night, but I appreciate you coming on to uh, to break this down with me. Yeah, I didn't know the trade had happened until uh, you DM'd me because I definitely didn't have my phone on. So <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it was an odd night last night. I just didn't have my phone with me, so I didn't really have any idea about this trade. All right. Have a good one, Tyler. You too. See ya.